Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Whitley, and you're tuned in to another Wondering Whitley session. Tonight, I am thinking about plans in production. And what I mean by that is that it is time to put your plans into production. <laughs> whatever you've been planning, whatever you've been thinking about, whatever been on your mind, it's time to stop talking about it and be about it. And the reason I'm thinking about this is for multiple reasons. You know, I'm always pulling from my own life. Um, but, you know, there's always going to be those times where we're working with the unknown. I've talked a lot about on here about the unknowns I'm working with when I'm planning my calendar for my cheerleaders and dancers, when I'm planning my own calendar when I'm trying to see how my schedule is even going to still work out and things that I want to happen where there's so much unknown going on. Like even today, I had already put in for a field trip for my kids that my district is actually planning. And uh, the approval process has to go to my principal first, and then it goes to whoever in the district is over that field trip and I have been in communication already with our uh one of our district coordinators because we have a student activities office and so today at the end of the day I receive an email um from one of our office clerks that helps that helps handle the approval process on the behalf on behalf of our principal and she was like hey uh, Miss such and such overheard you say you were taking your kids on a field trip. I don't think any field trips are being approved right now. And I was like, really? I was like, well, I'm getting all these emails saying the districts are the district is doing this. I was just literally on a Zoom call. I said, so this won't get approved. And she said, well, send me, you know, the communication you've been in and then send me the receipt that the system sent you when you did your public transportation. And then I sent her everything and I CC my principal. She was like, oh, okay, well, if the district is throwing these events, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, our principal is going to approve it. She said, so she was like, our principal just approved it. She said, so if it goes to the next step to the district and they approve it, you should be good. But I'm telling y'all this because when I got that first email, I was like, no, I got some anxiety because I'm like, man, I just I just told my parents, you know, to get prepared because they doing this cheer camp, which I found out at the last minute. But it was still at least three weeks notice for my parents, which I was happy about because I hate communicating last minute. But um but I was just telling them I was holding off on a calendar because I had been procrastinating and holding on to it, just worried about having to continually make changes. And I had just finally decided last week, you know, I, I can't there are things that I'm that are just gonna be unknown. We're in unknown times, we're in times where a lot of things are changing by the week similar to how they've been for about the last year and a half, especially as we get to some form of normalcy, even while these numbers are fluctuating so, you know, so much. So with that, you know, I, I still have to plan. And then today, after I was doing bus duty, one of the teachers, we have these things, this 
this thing called mind builders that we're starting. It's like every Friday, all the teachers, they can either individually do something or they can pair with another teacher and create a club to where you can um, use that hour, the last hour of the day to work with whatever group. And so one of the teachers, she wanted to start a step team because she's in a sorority. And she said, I did step team like two years ago when we had mind builders and it was really successful. And I used her step team in one of my videos when I was, wasn't working there yet. So step team was actually really good. And so she stopped me in the hallway and she was like, Hey, are you still doing cheer this year? And I said, yeah, we were about to go on a field trip and everything. And she was like, well, how is that working out? Because I really want to do step for mind builders. Like kids are asking who know that's what I do or who were here, you know, when we were, uh, when they could see remnants of it or they have older siblings who was a part of it. And I was like, well, what's, why are you hesitating? She was like, man, cause I, you know, yeah, they can perform at Hussey Huddles or, you know, the one time each semester that, they want us to perform what we're doing in Mind Builders or showcase what we're doing. But she said, outside of that, you know, I don't want to be spending all this time with them and sometimes requiring after school rehearsals. And I don't have anything that they can actually do because field trips and stuff are so unknown, especially she got the same email I got, like if the district isn't really supporting them. And I said, you know what? And I gave her the advice I needed to be giving myself. I said, you just got to plan for it. I said, if you really got it on your heart and students are asking about it, just be prepared. I said, because I've had to tell myself that at this point, you know, just go ahead and, and do put on your calendar what you want to do and then prepare for that. And in the worst case scenario, y'all can't do it. And in the best case scenario, if things open up, it's almost like, well, at least we got routines together and we're not trying to scramble. And I said, I've been in that situation before. And it was crazy because as I was telling her, it was almost like I was hearing myself differently. Because She was like, you know, you're right. Like she was like, well, can you keep me updated if you, you know, your group does outside things? you know, outside of the emails I'll get because I know you get things for cheer. And I was like, of course. So if I hear about parades and stuff like that, I'll let you know. But, you know, the kids love the step team, but I could see she had the exact same hesitation I had of feeling so restricted because it's hard to plan. You know, you have this great idea and you have these plans but then that hesitation that keeps us from producing because we're working with so much unknown and we can't see the end goal. And this happens in more than just the scenario I'm talking about. Like we do this in our job. We do this in our career. We do this, you know, when it comes to preparing for a partner in our life or preparing for whatever we've been praying for. It's like at some point, we get so distracted or so in a place of despair that we feel like, man, this relationship is never coming. Man, this opportunity is never coming. And we stop preparing. We stop working towards what it is that we say we want. And then when that opportunity presents itself, it's like we're scrambling. 
now we're scrambling to get ready because it's like, oh, like, I didn't think you were ever coming. I didn't think you would ever show up. And it's like, no, keep preparing for that man. Keep preparing for that new friendship group. Keep preparing for that job. Keep keep taking care of your mind, your body, your household. Keep trusting, keep believing, and you keep doing that, not just by sitting in your prayer closet. It's like putting action to your faith because your faith is proven by your preparation. And that word is for me because there was plenty of times where I was praying for things, where I wanted things, but then because it was taking so long to to come, I stopped working. And then I'll get that email like, oh, can you do this? Can you sub for this? Can you make a video for this? And now because I stopped training, because I stopped dancing, because I stopped studying, now I'm trying to scramble for the information and throw something together. Whereas whereas if, if I would have stayed in the practice, stayed in my groove, stayed getting my body ready, stayed getting my mind ready, like all of these areas where opportunities present finally did present themselves, I wasn't scrambling to to get something ready. I wasn't scrambling to feel like, oh, and this and last year I did that practically with my uh, cheer team where we were scrambling when things started coming up to the point where I was just like, you know what? Towards the end of the year, I was like, y'all, we just going to do this video because this is what I know. We're going to do what we've been doing in class and, you know, I'm going to have to do better next year. But that's why this year I was like, you know, I'm just going to plan. I'm going to plan. I'm going to go ahead and set the things in motion as if this is going to be a normal year. And worst case scenario is if it's not, you know, I'll find a way for us to, you know, do something different or you know, just say we had great training this year, but best case scenario, things start opening up and, you know, they start taking the restrictions off in November, December, when we come back in January and we, we got things prepared to where if people are asking us to come perform. If we go in places, you know, we're not scrambling for, you know, we're not scrambling for performances and I and I really just appreciate even the thought of that. You know, so I wanted to give that to you tonight. If there's anything that's really on your mind or that you've been praying for or even planning, you know, let those plans come off of your journal into action, into production. It's time to start putting action towards those plans. It's time to allow your actions to mirror the things that you say, the things that you think, the things that you want. Even if you're not seeing results yet or even if you're working with a lot of unknown, because in these times and just really in general, even when we get past these times, there's always going to be an element of like, I don't know what's going to happen with this. I I want to believe the best. I want to expect the best, but it's almost like I'm not going to see, you know, the end road, sometimes not even the next step until I take the first step, (laughs) you know? So I made a post today, tonight on my femininity page that says, nobody will ever know how great that idea was if you never share it. And the things that I'm talking about tonight made me think of that 
Like we'll never know how great that plan was that you had to restructure that business or to bring better customer service or to be a better friend or to be more feminine or be more in your light or whatever it is that you're planning that you're working on or how that song was supposed to sound or, you know, we'll never know if you never put action towards it. We'll never know you're the, you're the book. You're the author of the book. We always need it. We'll never know you're the voice we needed to hear on that podcast. We'll never know that you're the new page on Instagram that we really needed to see and interact with. We'll never know what that product is like that we need it. We'll never know the information. We'll never know the music that we need in our life because you existed. You know, there will be women who will never experience your mentorship if you don't start stepping into it. So everything doesn't happen overnight. It happens in a process. But if we're not taking the steps towards it you know there is no way that we're in full preparation so that when those opportunities start coming up it's like oh yeah I can do that like this like I had a uh, colleague from NYU call me and NYU just did a just announced a new track which I think is dope 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 for undergraduates and graduates to get an African uh, diasporic dance concentration. And I'm like, what? Like, that blows me. I'm like, NYU is with it. Sorry, y'all, for the extra, like, hype on that. But that's that's innovative and that's so dope. And uh, one of my colleagues, she... She was already a professor when I was there, but I was in her piece and she was co-teaching a class I had to take when I was still a graduate student and we kept kept connected. And so I used her as a guest artist, I want to say last semester or two semesters ago. um, And I told her, hey, why don't you just make a video, whatnot, because we couldn't coordinate her coming on Zoom. And then she hit me up yesterday And then she was like, hey, you have time for a phone call? And I was like, okay, of course. So she called me today and she wanted me to do something similar. She was like, hey, I would love for you to teach my NYU class live and do African. She was like, I'll never forget when you uh, were doing your presentation and you gave that African class. She was like, you were so amazing. She was like, she loves this. She she really knows her stuff in African, y'all. And I love African dance. Like, that's my... That's my thing. <laughs> but anyways, she she was like, you know, I would love for you to teach. But because I'm teaching full time and they're an hour ahead, I was like, man, you know, sis, that ain't going to, you know, I ain't going to be able to swing it. But I and she was like, well, maybe you can do a video. I was like, I'd love to. And she was like, I'm not going to lie. You know, it's coming up quick. It's kind of last minute. And I was like, well, when's the date? She was like, oh, like on Thursday. I was like, oh, okay, I'll have it to you by this weekend. And she like paused. She was like, really? And because I'm guessing because she took a while to send me her video, like she took weeks, but I had, I had time. Like I, I had time. I asked her way in advance. She knew, um, and she needed a while. And she was like, you for real? And I was like, yes. 
I was like, I, I do this. I'm dancing with my students. I'm still taking class right now. Like, I'm ready. And she was like, oh, my God, thank you so much. So I look forward to it at the end of the weekend. And I was like, yeah, of course. And I'm excited about it. Like, I don't feel anxious. I don't feel like I'm missing a beat because I've been doing it. I've stayed in the practice of it because I'm finally even owning my own aesthetic, even with my students and not trying to be somebody else, you know, as a teacher, you know, or do what the, you know, still meet the district requirements, but make sure I'm owning and being myself. So I was like, this is perfect. And I, and I had that, even as I say it now, I'm like, man, that's such a perfect opportunity. And I'm happy that I was prepared. You know, I can do it. What to her seems last minute, but to me, it just feels like a regular day. Like, okay, this time I'm just turning my camera on because I've been in practice. There's nothing. My principal asked me, she wants me to, if she wanted me to teach, you know, something more rigorous, like, okay, we already doing that, you know, cause I'm in the practice. Whereas if I wasn't, I would have felt like I had to scramble, but I don't. And I feel good about that, not because of anybody else's expectation, but because the expectations I've been holding myself to. And because I know what it is that I'm working for, towards. So it's like I'm trying to stay in the practice of certain things because of what I have in mind that's coming. And so to you, it may be, it may have nothing to do with your job. It may have something to do with your career. It may have something that's to do with your relationship status. Your plans may be building your own thing. Whatever it is that you're putting your mind to, how are you preparing every single day? How are you making those plans that you have practical every single day? How are you making sure you're working towards and your faith is made whole by being in action every single day? If I was to watch a a video reel of your last 24 hours with no sound, what would I perceive that you're working toward or that you're waiting on or that you're hoping for? You know, and I'll never forget Divine. I didn't I, I didn't make up that question. I first heard that question from Divine Franklin because he's a producer, a movie producer in Hollywood, but he also is asked to be a public speaker and a preacher at a lot of different churches. So I've heard him preach many different times. And he used movie metaphors a lot. He always calls it the movies of your the movie of your life and the film of your life. And I'll never forget in one of his sermons for the one church in L.A., he said, if I was privy to viewing the reel of your life of your last 48 hours and it didn't have sound, I just had to watch your actions throughout the last 48 hours. What would I perceive that you're working towards based on what I'm watching? And man, like that question, that question was a game changer because I was like, man, you know, would they catch me, you know, would they think I'm trying to be a movie critic because I spend all my time binge watching, but I say I got goals and I got dreams. 
what they think that I really do value health and wellness. If I'm not doing anything health and wellness in 48 hours, what they really, you know, like that, that question I never forgot. And he, and I probably heard that sermon like two years ago, but that's a question that always sticks with me. Like if somebody was to watch my life on replay in the last 24 hours, what would they think I value? What would they think I'm about? Like if I didn't have a chance to explain myself, they couldn't hear my conversation, you know, and they just had to watch my actions like a silent film. What would they think I'm about? You know, and then if they did have to hear my conversations, like what would they think my mindset is like? What would they think I value based on what I talk about and what I lend my ear to? And I thought that was a really dope question that I, you know, I will always keep in my arsenal for my own self-development, you know. So I share that with y'all tonight because I think questions are powerful. They make us think if we allow them to. So I give you that question. You know, if you had to watch your own 24 to 48 hours, you know, what would other people think that you value if you didn't have the opportunity to explain yourself just based on your actions and how you spend your time? What would they think that you, uh, how you show up for, the, for your responsibilities? What would they think about your attitude and your energy? You know, and all of those things matter, you know, in the direction that we're going we have to be mindful, okay, what is it that I want to reflect about myself in this area? How do I want to be perceived? What do I want to give off? How do I want to set the stand? What is my own standard in this area? What am I working towards? And if I can see clearly the qualities of that of who I am or who that woman is in that ideal situation I am. What is the character trait she has and how can I start adopting that now? I was thinking about that on my ride to work this morning. And I said, you know, I was kind of, you know, looking, you know, reflecting on some of the leadership I've been under you know, in the past couple of years, some of the greatest leadership I've had, leadership that had great qualities, but, you know, it was difficult to work under them sometimes because of other things. And when I had really poor leadership just all around and what those things were, and I began to ask myself, you know, what is a quality, Whitley, you think is important? as a leader that you would want to make sure you exude and why is that important to you like I ask myself those type of questions all the time I told y'all if you put a camera up you'll think I'm you know a little bit cuckoo because I'll be talking to myself but that's what I asked myself on my job this morning because it still be dark outside um and I was trying to get to work early and I said exactly that. I want to be an example of whatever I'm asking. And the reason I said that is because, um, because one thing I noticed in leadership is that sometimes 
it's easy to be in leadership and require something of people who are under your authority require require an ethic out of them that you you don't you don't practice and what that what kind of dynamic that causes within the workplace um and sometimes i mean all the time to me it creates chaos it creates a culture of um when you do try to correct you as a leader may be tiptoeing because you know that you're not holding the standard you're expecting of everybody else or you bold enough to 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 hold people to that standard but then it get awkward because somebody may call you out you out on not holding it or you know or they feel resentful because now they bringing up the ways in which you don't hold it um it also breeds contempt at times and resentment and I think that's just a natural human reaction because we as humans already don't like being told what to do. Just watch kids when they get middle school, especially high school. They in that still they they fighting for their independence. So it's like they challenge they challenge you on the weirdest stuff, you know. But they're at that age where like they brain and they body doing a whole lot of weird things. They'll be happy to see you. Literally one minute, I was going to say one day, but at one class period, next period you see them, you know, they scowling and acting like they don't know you. <laughs> Your self-esteem got to be high as an adult, you know, working with mood swinging kids. It cannot be based on whether they like you or not, because you don't know as soon as the wind can blow wrong, <laughs> you know, but we as adults, we're the same way. We're the same way in a lot of sense. Like we still want our independence. We still want to be praised and acknowledged for the things that we uniquely bring. We still want to feel valued. We still want to know that what we're doing, we're making a difference and it matters. And so when you're not being led to a standard that you want to hold yourself to, or you feel like you always getting criticized, just a lot of different things that can, you know, naturally bring contempt or resentment. Or when you, when you see and you naturally know, you know, your leadership is expecting things of you and then reprimanding you for things that they don't exude consistently you naturally going to have like this rebellious spirit about it. Whereas if they hold that standard and they say it, you may get mad because you don't want to hear it and you probably don't want to raise your standard, but something intuitively is going to click on. Like I can't pinpoint where they not about what they be talking about, where they not about what they be asking me to do. And I'm not going to share the story that made me really get that lesson because it was with a family member and I'm just not ready to share it. But I remember sharing it with a girlfriend and it was so petty, but I was like, yeah, I got to make sure I'm leading by example. 
because it was one of those situations where it's like you're asking me to do something that you don't even you don't even hold that standard. You don't even hold that for your for yourself and your own, you know. So how you going you know be like that and and I was super upset about it. Super upset and super at it and it took me a long time to understand where it was coming from. Because part of the situation I was like, "Dang, do I not like being corrected and then I kept asking myself that question and I don't know what made me ask myself that like I was like dang can I not take feedback that I don't like can I not you know accept criticism because the thing is when you get in a heated discussion with somebody who you know we we naturally project I'll say that we naturally project And I was questioning this about myself because this family member, you know, because I I challenged her position on something. She was like, see, that's why can't nobody tell you nothing because you 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 quick to get an attitude. You don't know how to, you know, uh, you always get an attitude. That's what she said. She was like, you you don't. uh, How did she put it? I feel like I'm making this end part up, but for sure, (laughs) she was just like, you always got an attitude. I I knew you was going to have an attitude about this because what, whatever she asked me to do, I was like, okay, that's cool. You know, and I'm not mad about it. All I did was state that we, we've had, we visited this before. Like while we turning up about it, I don't. I don't know. And I guess when I'm in a certain state, like when I'm in a certain space and I know that I can be real annoyed, my voice gets exactly how it is now. And it can come off sarcastic, but I'm not being sarcastic. I'm just being very like, I'm trying to hold back what I want to say. So I'm, I'm still going to say whatever I'm going to say clearly You know, and I was like, I'm not trying to make a big deal about it. All I did was say, we've already talked about this. Did we not? And then it kept turning up because I was asking those type of questions. To me, that were true. But I guess, you know, she didn't like that I I was bringing that up in that moment because from her perspective, which I saw when I talked to my friend and even talking to my (laughs) my aunt about it who checked me she was just like it's the way you put it and in the context of this conversation it sounded like an I told you so moment and nobody likes that I said that's fair that's fair and you know me I'm trying to be petty even talking to my aunt like well I ain't say I told you (laughs) you know still on that but I got it you know, because I'm not above learning, but that situation, you know, again, I'm not going to talk about the full details, but that situation, another situation similar, not as heated, happened where, where because she said that, you know, and this is why I say you, you got to be, and this is just a side note, you also got to be adamant about what your subconscious mind takes in and how you allow people to speak in and over your life because words do stick. 
You know, people can act like stick and stone my make break my bones with words will never hurt me. Yes, they do. Even as adults, like we care what people say, even if we try to shake it off, like we'll find ourselves kind of thinking about it or, you know, trying to guard ourselves against it later, especially people who have known us for a long time. We like, dang, is that how you see me? Like we'll find ourselves thinking about it later, whether we think about it consciously or not. And so, uh, because she said that in the midst of this uh, argument, because she said, I don't know how to take, you know, correction, basically, I started asking myself that question. The next time it came to a point where she, you know, gave me some feedback on something and I was like, can I not take correction? Like that was really bothering me because I pride myself on being somebody who in I don't necessarily enjoy growing, but I look for opportunities to see where I can improve in all areas of life. Like that's something that I'm serious about. I, I I'm serious about seeing, okay, is there somewhere I went wrong? Like I'm I'm never above admitting, you know, when there is an error in my mistake. But because I kept asking that question, I finally came to the conclusion. I said, no, Whitley. You don't like being, it's not like, it's not that you don't, you don't like being corrected. It's that one, the tone need to be right when you correct it. And two, whatever standard somebody trying to hold you to, you got to respect the messenger is coming from. Like, and when I say respect, I don't just mean them as a person. I mean that. Whatever they're asking of you in the way in which they're correcting you about it. You need to see in their life that they they living up to that standard consistently or that is going to bother you. It's not that you don't like correction. It's just that that lead by example pieces is something that you really value and I and that was a learning moment for myself. I was like, dang, I do value that. I value that so much. Like, don't have don't have higher expectations for me that you don't have for yourself and that you're not implementing because that don't sit right with me. It's not that you can't correct me, but it's like what you corrected me on, like, first of all, <laughs> you know, it'll get like that with me. And and it's and it's almost natural. It's not that I can't be corrected, but then because I'm like that, I saw where my students even last year were like that with me, where I expected something of them that I wasn't upholding. And so when they gave me the most resistance, it's like, well, Whitley, look how inconsistent you are with this. So now I'm so adamant about everything that I expect with them. Like I have myself on the routine so that they can be on routine because kids need routine. So it's like being a teacher has taught me most to look at myself and really build consistency. I was like, that's something I really want to work on this year, being consistent, being consistent with myself being consistent with what I say, being consistent with what I do and what I say I'm about, or I don't even say what I'm about, but I let my actions prove it. So that way, if I ever had to say it, it's like you already, this is what you know to expect with my students. They're going to always expect Miss Green 
to enforce the rules. Some of them students already hate me and it's the third week. But I was like, by month two, you either you either like me or you hate me because you'll realize, okay, Miss Green consistent though. She gonna tell me to unzip this jacket every time she see me. She gonna call me on my BS every time I try to pull in and be like she she's consistent with that. I hate it. I hate that she gonna enforce the rules, but regardless of what my attitude is, she gonna treat me the same. And I'm going to hear her mouth when I know I'm not following the rules. Whether I ever say that to a student or not, I want them to understand that. When you following the rules, you ain't never going to hear Miss Green mouth. You won't. But I'm going to be consistent in saying something if you're not following the rules. That's just what it is. When I used to then be like that, I'll let some stuff slide or I didn't want to be the mean one. It's like, no. Nah. Where's the consistency? Because whatever you're holding them to, just make sure you're appearing and you're, you're holding those standards. So I got off on that tangent because that's something I had to put in practice. I had to see myself be consistent. I had to see myself be the leader that I wanted to be. And asking myself that question in the car, it's like that's one of the main things that as a leader, I feel like it's so important to lead by example. I don't know if y'all have ever seen the movie Love and Basketball. I love that movie with Sanaa Lathan. And when she first joined the college team, you know, she was a star player on her high school team. But she was coming into college. It was a whole nother ball game. And she had to earn her keep, even though she was very good. And during practice, the senior that also played her position, she was very good, too. And it was her senior year. And during practice, she made a shot on her. And then she kind of like held her hand up because <laughs> she was trying to stunt. And her coach called her out and had her hold her hand like that the entire practice because she ended up getting her team ended up getting scored on. She was too busy posing and celebrating before they finished the game and her coach was consistently trying to build a leader in her because she saw such great potential but she saw things in her character that wouldn't work for leading them to a championship and then the next scene her coach was so hard on her and then the next scene you saw them at the track and field and she was like leaders don't leave from the back Cause she was just dragging along in the mile. And then when you saw them at practice again, she was at the front. And I love that moment because I, you know, if you are athlete and you're listening to this, you notice whether you're an athlete in dance or a traditional sport or anything like that. Like you really understand that a good coach builds that character in you and builds that leadership like in dance is where I found my leadership It's where I felt like this is my vibe. This is where I feel most comfortable, you know, kind of walking into what's natural to me and being confident in my leadership ability. Dance was the space I found my my greatest leadership and whatever space that is for you. It might be in your job. It might be in a different organization. It might be on a committee inside of an organization 
where you really feel like you thrive in your leadership skills. But I invite you to get to know what is it that you value about a good leader? Because whatever it is that you value, that's the area where you're probably going to have to pay attention and make sure you work on the most. Because I know for me, it's like, dang, I got to work on consistency in order to even be able to model what it is that I expect from anybody who is a subordinate to me, like my students. Or am I, when I'm in my own space where, you know, I'm working with other people or maybe I'm a project manager or anything like that to where people can respect what I have to say or what I got going because I'm always doing it first. I'm always going first. I'm always the first one here. I'm not asking everybody to be at duty and always stressing, being on time and doing this for the kids or doing that. But then, you know, showing up hours later, you know, uh, I, to me, I want to be because the image of that is important. <laughs> it's important. You can even look at your own job when something is asked how that break room gossip, I tried to get into those things, you know, end up happening about she asked me to do this, but such such like that's bound to happen. And for me, I want to be in a position to where whatever I'm asking, even if it's just my kids under my leadership one day, if I decide to have kids like they respect what I'm saying because they like, well, mommy always she consistent. She not asking me to do nothing. She don't put into practice. She not asking me, you know, I'm be mad because I may not want to do it. I may not want to hear it, but I can always respect where it's coming from. And sometimes though that type of realization is intuitive for people. They intuitively know this person, I may not like what they always got to say, but I can respect it coming from them. And so I'm going to do it. Whereas you get the most resistant when you're asking people to do things that you're not even doing for yourself. So this brings this conversation full circle of it's time to put those plans into production. Whatever it is that you say you want to do, whoever it is you say you want to be, Whatever it is that you're looking forward to, you know, every day you should be taking a step towards becoming that woman, putting that plan into action, working on what you got to work on. And it doesn't have to be big every day, but it's consistently moving in that direction so that your preparation matches your plan, your preparation is an example of your faith in action because faith without works is dead. So I love y'all so much. If you want to reach out to me, my contact information is on my website at WhitleyNGreen.com. My blog is also there if you'd like to read. Whitley, uh, Whitley Hooray is my personal page on Instagram, Wondering Whitley on Instagram and Facebook, The Feminine Arts Academy is my uh, feminine page on Instagram, Facebook, and also on YouTube. And then Arts Feminine on Twitter.
I love y'all so much. And remember, get in alignment and receive your assignment. Talk to you soon.